Welcome to Season 3 of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, a podcast about the Bay Area, technology, and culture. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Kekiswold. Dang, Zanil, you have a buttery, smooth voice. It's so, it, I think it sounds really nice with that new music that we have in the opening. That's really, really kind. I, I did not expect to get a compliment during during an intro of the podcast, but I really appreciate it. Well, I kind of feel like you're family, Sunil. I know that we've got this little endeavor of the podcast together, but uh, it's not really like work. It's like hanging out with your brother, which is pretty darn cool. Have you ever thought about starting a business with somebody that's in your family? I have not personally, but clearly other people do and are quite successful at it. Uh, most notably our guest today. Daewon King uh, is maybe best known for starting the business Coffee Meets Bagel. Pretty interesting dating service. Kind of cool to talk about uh, more dating services, especially at this point in time during the pandemic and kind of shelter in place. But she also happens to have been an entrepreneur that chose to start a business with her family members. Yeah, and really intriguing hearing the story about, you know, the founding story of the business, but also how it's evolved and how, you know, dating in general is evolving during the pandemic. There's, there's really something in this episode for everybody. Two married guys living in Silicon Valley can't get enough of learning about dating. We hope you enjoyed this one. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. We were, uh, after we made it through all the technical difficulties that I enforced on everybody here, I'm super happy to get to see you. Sunil, what's happening today? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I was telling Dawoon at, at the start of this that uh, the biggest challenge with these remote recordings is not talking over each other. And so we're going to give her as much space as possible to answer questions today. Yeah, we have, and a, we have a running jar. You know, to our listeners, there won't be any interruptions. Except for that there's one. The, there's already the first one. There's two. We, I think we did two. We have a, uh, we give each other a dollar every time we talk over one another. So we're actually, we're up to like $800 at this point. We're, we're doing pretty well. It's going to go into some seed investment. What are you guys going to do with that $800? Um, a lot. It's all sourdough starters. It's all going into sourdough starters. <laughs> Hey, nice. um, I'm curious, are you, are you a Bay Area native? No, I'm from Korea. And, and uh, was like in the twinkle of your eye as a young person growing up in Korea, did you say, I have to live in Silicon Valley? Was that ever a part of things that were important to you? No, it was not. Actually, I didn't even know what Silicon Valley was. Um, San Francisco, I don't think I've heard of San Francisco uh, for probably most of my young adult life. Yeah, so it was not in the picture whatsoever. Well, what, what happened for you as a young person that brought you to the West Coast of the U.S. and uh, how did you end up in Silicon Valley? Like, what's the story that brought you here? Yeah, so I think um, to tell that story, I have to take you all the way back to when I was little, growing up in Korea with my two sisters. And, uh, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. He... Both my parents actually were entrepreneurs. So um, my my mom operated a few, you know, uh, businesses like stores. Um, and then particularly my dad, who um, 
you know, majority of the influence of like my aspiration to become an entrepreneur came from him. So he started his business, uh, which is a scrap metal business, recycling metal, um, and uh, you know, right after right after college, with his brother, so my uncle, and um, you know, at the time it was it, it, like you know the, he didn't have a lot of money. He was able to get some from his his dad, his uh, grandfather, and um, yeah, all all of his life up until now. Now it's been probably more than thirty, maybe close to even forty years. Um, or more, uh, he's dedicated his life to building this business. And I remember growing up, um, touring his factory, he always took us to show us different machines that he actually designed himself. He was a mechanical engineer and to, to increase operating efficiency of his plant. And um, we were all, like always inspired um, by his dedication to this uh, another baby that we, you know, we, as we called it, um, and so the three of us uh, growing up has always said, hey, like at some point when we grow up, let's actually start our own business. Um, so that was always kind of on the back of our mind. Um, and as we grew up, you know, the other side of, side of us is that, you know, very, very traditional Asian family, very academically, um, you know, it was very emphasized, you know, going to good school, going to get a good job, all that, all that um all this, which is part of our culture. And so we kind of never really went back to visit that uh, discussion, that's that dream that we talked about for a long time. And then it was 2012, and when my twin sister graduated from her business school studies, um, she decided, um, hey, like, you know, maybe this is, you know, among the three of us, we have now about, you know, decade of experience each. Uh, working and maybe this is a good time for us to visit uh, that thing that we talked about when we were growing up uh, because you know as we all know as we get older and that we have more res financial responsibility and obligations it becomes harder um, practically speaking to be able to take risk so um, it, it felt like a really good time and and so you know we kind of gave ourselves a she she actually gave herself a year hey like I'm gonna try to you know like lead this and you guys can kind of support me. I'm not going to find a job right now, do this full time. Uh, my other sister and I both had full time job at the time. And so, you know, if we, if we find something great and that, you know, if we, that we like, then let's work on it. If we don't, then, you know, it's a year of last time. So um, no big deal. I'll, I'll just go and find another job. And so that kind of began our search for, uh, you know, problem that we could, uh, we found interesting and we found passionate enough to be, to, to want to, dedicate you know large bulk of our lives like I think I'm I'm not we because I'm not really used to Silicon Valley thinking and the model of entrepreneurship that I saw growing up was my dad who basically dedicated like 40 50 years of his life doing this uh, we from from my mind we it had to be a problem that we would feel good about um, dedicating that much amount of time um, solving it because we, we love it so much and then we had, yeah, landed in dating for many reasons that I could get into. But anyway, so that's kind of how um, we got yeah. into business. And then, you know, that led us to Silicon Valley, of course, which is the mecca of startup. So inspiring, um, you know, story, like where you came from, how you ended up here and hearing the, the background in your family, you know, really, you know, sort of insightful. There, are, you know, I read a lot about Coffee Meets Bagel and even heard some stuff before this interview. And so I'm excited to, to chat with you 
Um, I don't want to get so much into the origin story of CMB today. I want to kind of dive right into it because you're in this unique position where um, I, I feel like human relationships and, you know, their evolving nature, it's just going to be, I, I am fascinated to see what happens pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. What are, what are three things that you're noticing right now that have changed in the past 60 days, uh, you know, as a result of COVID? I would say, um, first and foremost, is this the value of people just realizing the value of community and value of human connection. You know, we, we only realize the importance of certain things um, or many things when we actually don't have them anymore. And I think this pandemic, um, especially for uh, us singles who are dating um, and a lot of us live alone and we're practicing self, you know, shelter in place and social distancing alone. Um, it's kind of coming like, you know, gripping with the, wow, like this realization that this human connection that we used to take for such a granted thing, um, it is such a powerful element of what makes us human, what, what gives joy to our life. And particularly in um, challenging times like right now, when there's so much uncertainty and things can kind of feel scary at times, um, that's when human connections are actually needed the most. And so I think this value of, I'm not talking about like swiping and, you know, just seeing people on the screen kind of uh, connection, but like real genuine connection. I think people are just realizing how important that is. And I, I, I think that having went through this like dramatically uh, different experience for a few months and, you know, hopefully it'll end, end soon and gradually become more normalized. But um, I think having experienced that, we're not going to forget that for a very, very long time. Um, and I, I see it in like people's willingness to kind of um, put themselves out there to for to make that connection. Um, so, for example, uh, we used to have this video feature on our dating app like long time ago. We couldn't really get people to actually adopt it, most of uh, because most of people were a little bit scared and of like things being awkward. Now, um, I think because we're just earning for this connection, we know how important it is. People are just kind of like uh, braving up, um, putting themselves in front of cameras so that we can actually use it to reach out. Um, we started this um, community meetup space called Coffee Talk, uh, you know, a few weeks uh, into, into um, uh, COVID-19 in, in the U.S. and, you know, a few sheltering city places. And I'm seeing such a huge demand for it and such a huge repeat rate. I mean, it just tells me, um, yeah, like it, it's, it's just worth actually like putting ourselves out there. What's the, deal, what's the deal with coffee talk? So like, how is that behavior different than kind of normal dating? Are you matching people together without, are they just showing up in a room? Like what's that look like? That's different. I guess I'm, I'm really curious to Sunil's point. Like what is, what's really looking different over the course of the last six months? Totally get that. We all want community. Well, I, think I think that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that even just the willingness to engage in something like in, in video, like uh, whether it's coffee tub or whatever else, like we just hadn't like um, we just hadn't seen that kind of willingness to engage before this whole thing happened. Um, because, you know, you, we like like um, like people are just a little bit more concerned about, oh, how am I going to look? And, you know, what if I have nothing to say? But I think because now, because we're earning for such like a, 
uh, genuine connection, we're willing to kind of put that aside and like put ourselves out there more Mm -hmm. because, you know, connection is worth that risk. I totally buy that. So uh, I have a, I have one somewhat follow on question. Um, You know, I'm always interested in sort of, you know, the extremes you have the, you have the down the middle case where, I mean, so maybe you're seeing usage go up on the platform. It's great that people are engaging, you know, more with video chat. It's amazing. What is something, you know, unexpected or unusual that, that you've heard, you know, that is either a positive or a negative that is like, Oh my gosh, this came completely out of left field. Either this is how people are using the platform or they're doing more of this and, it was an unintended thing. Uh, is there anything completely unexpected that's happened over the past 60 days? Uh, let's see. Completely unexpected. Um, well, I don't know if this is completely unexpected. I mean, hindsight, it's kind of uh, not really, but I didn't think about it before. There are a lot more users reaching out to actually get guidance around how to get uh well, how to navigate dating and COVID and also like just how to navigate conversations. And um, it, which is kind of funny in a way, because when, you know, you would think that in dating, we're always talking and that's how we actually get to know each other. But I think in the absence of this physical kind of um, uh, connection that we can make, the com- conversation is the only thing that we're left with. And so I think many of us are actually a little bit uh, feeling lost or again, like a little scared uh, about having to kind of push that chemistry through just relying on conversation and realizing, wow, I actually, I need to, I need to, maybe there are some things that I actually need to do to get better at this. Um, And so I I think this is actually interesting. And I see it as a positive, uh, um, uh, like a outcome of COVID, us actually having to really just uh, take dating through, do dating while just sticking to conversation, just sharing myself and asking questions, engaging, you know, being really present, like all those things that we basically don't really think about, but now it's become like so, such a vital thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, that, so that was kind of an unexpected outcome. So, so maybe we just came up with a product idea for you. You're going to do the coffee meets bagel therapy session in addition to the dating service. <laughs> So um, here's, let's talk about, so where, where, where does your product exist? Like what, is it in every state in the U.S.? Is it global? Like I actually am not familiar with the scale. Yeah, it's global. It's global. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about at a global scale where dating is increasing or decreasing. Is it increasing more in Europe, decreasing more in Russia, increasing more in the U.S., declining more in Korea? Like what's the, give us the scoop globally on what is actually happening with the volume of dating. Um, well, like the market opportunity, the dating app in general is, um, there's a lot more opportunities abroad, like U.S. versus international. So, you know, regions like Asia, South America, there's just like a lot more emerging adoption of dating app. Um, U.S. is actually quite a mature market when it comes to dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, in co- for Coffee Meets Bagel, we, we see a lot of opportunities and growth in Asia, particularly um, I mean, I, really specifically, like right now, like over the last 60 days, like what countries are dating more when countries are dating less? Oh, I see. Um, Asia actually is dating more definitely than the U.S. And I, I don't think it's because like people are 
you know, in, in Asia, people are running for connection more or something, but it's because um, COVID-19 actually, I think U.S., when it comes to the impact of COVID, relatively speaking to other countries, I think U.S. is considered pretty severe uh-huh. versus um, in countries like Korea, Japan, I mean, it's not that they're not hit, but they were relatively quick to kind of adopt. And I think the life is as normal as it could be um, uh-huh. in those countries. So we do see more, um, less of an impact of COVID in countries like Asia than what we see in the U.S. Ooh, okay. I, I like that. Now, um, next, more detailed question. Same same idea. Like, what's going on in the U.S.? Like, what states are dating more? What states are dating less over the last 60 days? Um. Well, so, you know, there are two facets of this. So, and it's, you know, I I read somewhere that, you know, COVID-19, of course, they're, you know, it's, it's impacting different industries and different people, you know, different industries, like different, differently, but there's like no clear winner that's emerging because even industry that seems to benefit from COVID, there are also like a dark side that comes with it. So, um, even for us, you know, you talked about people actually chatting more, engaging more of the video chat. Those are all the positive side of uh, COVID. And we, we do see that more in uh, places where there is stricter, you know, restrictions in place, like shelter in place. So like New York and SF. And, um, however, those are the same cities where we actually see decline in signups. And, um, you know, if you think about it, it's, kind of not surprising because when you're worried about your health, when you're worried about your job, like when you, when the impact is heavier and psychologically, there is a lot of uh, worry, uh, then it's, it's hard to dedicate time to, you know, entertainment or something that feels optional. And so, um, you know, I think they're like, it's impacting us in different ways. One thing that I, I really like about the coffee meets, you know, bagel story is, you know, and, and we've had, Excuse me. Bless you. I had to get, I had to get a sneeze out of the way there. Um, and I couldn't avoid it. I tried to hold it in. Wasn't, wasn't working out. Um, you know, is, is the fact that the site is not so much transactional, but is, is really focused on what it seems like are deeper relationships. Um, and that's, and that's great. Um, what, you know, what aspects like right now are more favored? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, you know, what if people aren't so comfortable writing and, you know, on, on video and they do better in person, what advice would you have for them? Because I have to imagine not everybody feels as comfortable, you know, writing, you know, to a potential match or stuff, you know, on a regular basis or texting more. Is there any advice that you would have for, for people who just feel more comfortable, you know, meeting in person or what, what they can do to kind of stand out right now? Um, yeah, well, one thing that I do want to share with those people who are, you know, um, having like he- hesitation around video or whatnot, because, you know, I think for human being, it's natural to feel a little bit um, resistant and scared about something that we've never tried. And so one thing that I get asked a lot is like, isn't video awkward? Um, well, it may feel awkward because we never, you've never done it. Like anything that we've never done and we're trying for the first time, it's very normal to feel awkward, but it doesn't mean that it's actually coming across awkward to the other person. And so I think that's an important thing to remember. Even if you feel awkward, it, it just means that you're doing it for the first time. Um, and the other thing that I want to share is that for those people who actually have tried video, which we're, you know, it's still low, it's still low. It's not like, you know, 90% of people actually have tried 
dating, when we survey Coffee Meets Bagel users, so far we've seen like 20% of our users actually having done, you know, reporting to us that I actually have done video dating. So it's still, um, it's growing, but still not like crazy high. Uh, those people who actually have done it have told us that they're so glad they tried it. Um, and 87% of them actually plan to continue doing it even after COVID because they like it so much. It's really convenient. Um, it, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, it, it like, and it's, you know, when, when it comes to dating app, one of the most common complaints that uh, people make legitly is, Hey, when I see the person in the first five minutes, I know that, you know, I'm actually not really interested in this person because the vi- I got the vibe of this person totally wrong on, on the profile. Well, you don't actually have that problem with video, right? So, um, People who have tried it are consistently telling us they continue, they, they, they plan to continue doing it even if they don't need to because COVID-19 is over. And so I, I think that's a really um, like a, a good fact to remember. Oh, and then the, and then the last, so, thing, uh, uh, last one last thing to make it as less awkward as possible for you. Um, I would think of this not as like, oh, my God, video dating. What do I have to do differently? This is just another first date, which most of us are, you know, have experience having done. And so instead of thinking, okay, I have to do something differently because it's a video date, I would just suggest that you consider it as a first date, any kind of rules that, uh, that you actually apply to first date, like, okay, I want to, I want to look nice because I want them to, them to know that I care. I want to be attentive. You know, I, I want to make sure my environment is comfortable. So I'm not worried of, and frenzy about other things because it's already a kind of like a nerve wracking situation. First date is nerve wracking for anyone. And so do, do, do your sound check and do your like, you know, look at yourself to see how you look on the video so that, you know, get those things out of the way. So you, you, you can um, really focus on the conversation and not feel as nervous. Like all those same rule that applies to physical first date applies right here. And so um, instead of thinking this is something different and, and, you know, it, just think of it as a first date. Just look what's good your, from the waist up. prediction or two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shall we do I it owe each other a dollar. Um, <laughs> yep, it's me. I owe him a dollar. But I was just saying, Sunil, we know this rule already. You just have to like dress well from the waist up. That's all. That's the big takeaway. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah you know, just, if you, you if know. you if you dress nice waist up and if you're comfortable down below, yeah, that's like best of both worlds. I, uh, okay. All right. We're not going to, we're not going to interrupt each other. I had one follow on and then I think Yasha has a couple as well, but what's, um, okay. So what's a bold prediction you have for this period? And so one, one thing I think about a lot is, okay, so let's just say we do move to more video dating and this is the path that we're going to take. If you had to make a bold prediction about the future of relationships in the context of coffee meets bagel or really anything dating sites in general, you know, you've had a lot of success with Coffee Meets Bagel, introducing people who eventually get married, et cetera. Do you think, you know, what's, what, are, what are one or two predictions you have? Are weddings actually going to go up? Are they going to go down? Like, what, what are the near and long-term predictions you would have for, um, for Coffee Meets Bagel or for relationships in general? I think people's investment into how, um, people's investment into just learning about what actually makes a great relationship, learning about, how can I actually become a great dater? Um, my prediction is that those, like, people are going to think a lot more about those and invest a lot more in, in those going forward uh, after COVID than before. Um, and this is actually one of the things that I'm observing is missing in today's 
uh, dating app world, daters behavior that actually can make a very big difference in how, um, how satisfied we can be with, uh, with our dating life. Like when I, when I interview a lot of singles, not just coffee meets bagel users, but just daters in general, a lot of us are very jaded when it comes to online dating. Um, a lot of us are just doing it, even though we don't feel like it because we feel like we have to. And, um, like not enough, uh, a ton of swiping, but not enough uh, actual genuine connections and real conversations and, you know, dating actual great dates happening. And one of the reasons why I see this is the case is because we don't really actually know. Um, and I don't think dating apps uh, do a good job, including Coffee Meets Bagel and something that I'm trying to change, uh, do a good job guiding our users when it comes to how to date. And we don't actually learn this in school. There is a art and science to how to use online dating apps well. And then there's an art and science when it also comes to how to go on a first date that actually leads to a second date. Um, kind of like what I was saying, like there is, a, uh, there is a theory and practice that you have to engage in if you want to um, actually build, you know, have a, have a really engaging conversation uh, and able to build that chemistry. Like you need to be able to share yourself and you need to, have to put, put yourself out there. Like there's an art and science to this. Um, that I don't think the, the, you know, definitely not my generation, um, we haven't been exposed to. And I think because of COVID-19 and the amount of like inward work that we're actually kind of, kind of being forced to go through right now and amount of um, the guidance and help that we are actually uh, being forced to seek out, I'm actually uh, very hopeful and um uh, think that people are going to actually invest a lot more in learning how to do things, do this, do this, do this better um, versus before. I don't think we, you know, it was a common practice for us to be thinking like, oh, you know, maybe I should actually learn or uh, learn how to date better or study this. Um, you know, there, there is a lot of, uh, even outside of dating, I think mental wellness and like personal invest, like investment into your own personal well-being, like, that tr it's going to be kind of similar to that where, um, uh, yeah, because of COVID, I think um, that the interest that was already burgeoning, I think it's kind of going to kind of going to accelerate. I think I kind of generally buy that. I get a couple questions. Appreciate the time here. So I want to seed you with the final question that we asked everyone that joins us on the podcast. And that's, on the social networks that you spend your time, who's the recommended follow that you have for our listeners? So I'm going to seed you with that. And before that, I do have kind of one question. I'm looking for an example of something really cool that's happened over the last couple of months, probably on your dating site, but because of the environment that we're in. Like, have you had anybody that has found a partner and gotten married or gotten engaged? Like, what's tell us a, a happy story that um, we can share with our listeners today. Oh, yeah. Well, we have... Um, one of the heartwarming stories that I, uh, or incident that I had personally that I just like really made my day, um, because of COVID, of course, um, everything's canceled and there are a number of coffee meets bagel couples whose wedding or, and, and, uh, honeymoon have been canceled. And one of them actually happened to be uh, a good friend of my friend, uh, my personal friend. And so um, they decided to kind of just do their own wedding in the, in the backyard. Um, had to, you know, lost a lot of money because they paid for the wedding venue and everything already. 
and and then do do like do a virtual Zoom like a reception. And um, I basically Zoom bombed the wedding uh, myself and um, was there with my twin sister to surprise uh, the bride and groom because we wanted to just bring some you know, like a pleasant surprise to uh, this couple who basically whose wedding just got completely derailed because of COVID. And um, we actually partnered with this uh, company called Getaway, which does a, which has like a really amazing, lovely outpost um, in the middle of nowhere. And um, we were able to actually give them um, their little honeymoon kind of gift. Uh, They're able to operate uh, even still because um, they're actually in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and then kind of that, so it was like really, really like a happy moment. And that kind of like snowballed into actually being able to offer that to that kind of, um, give to a lot more couples beyond that, uh, particular couples who I actually surprised, uh, their wedding with. So that was a really heartwarming moment. And, um, you know, I, I've been really enjoying actually, uh, a lot of like, uh, companies or even people coming up with really creative ways to, uh, respond to COVID uh, in a really heartwarming way. And so um, I think if there's any silver lining, um, like there has been a lot of bread. I mean, even like this one butcher, I mean, one steakhouse actually turned themselves in the butcher shop, butcher shop like serving meat. Like I think uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, resilience and creativity of, of, of human um, minds. So yeah. that was kind of wonderful to see. I think that's cute. Well, I, I know that you and Sunil were chatting before I hopped on and you were probably talking about the fact that we're not a breaking news podcast by any stretch, but I think it's pretty cool that you broke the news that you and your twin sister will join every wedding for every person that gets engaged and married while we're on quarantine. So that's, I think that's really sweet. So thanks for offering that up. Not teasing, of course. Um, look, uh, we appreciate your time here today and, um, we want to end on the final question that we have for you, which is on the networks that you spend your time, who's a recommended follow? I really love uh, Tom Bilyeu and Lisa Bilyeu, um, who are the co-founders of Lean Impact Theory. And I, they're like the go-to, uh, you know, Instagram or podcast or, uh, you know, they have a variety of social media channels that I and my, my twin sister also go to whenever we are feeling down and, you know, skeptical and, uh, you know, like uh, all those like the down moments that a lot of us, and particularly entrepreneurs, uh, go through, probably especially during this time. Um, I always, you know, go to that. And then it's like, it's such a powerful, they have such powerful content. And that kind of reminds you of uh, uh, the, the potential and um, a, just, yeah, the potential that you have. So... Uh, yeah, I highly recommend following Tom and Lisa Bilyeu, uh, uh because yeah, I, I just get every time I go there, I just it's like a it's such a huge like pick me up. Well, everybody needs a little pick me up right here. Tobin, thank you for taking the time with us today, and we appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah. That- so Yasha, I'm not sure if you know this. I mean, this was a great interview, of course, but something like three of our five most pop popular episodes have to do with dating. Uh, seriously? Boy, what's that say about us? What's that say about our listeners? I, you know, I guess there's, there's just a lot of public interest in, uh, in, in, in this whole topic and particularly now. Um, but we, you know, really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, you know, I have definitely been to my, um, first coffee meets bagel wedding and maybe you will too someday. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my invites. All right. Thanks for joining. 
Thanks for listening to This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as Sunil and I enjoyed recording it, please go back to the application you found this podcast on, rank us five stars, leave us a comment. We read every single one. Thanks for listening to This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley.